Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you back to a series we've entitled Magnify where we are looking at Psalm 34. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn there. I wanna welcome our McKinney campus, welcome our Hazlitt campus, welcome everybody that's watching online, maybe someone in a video venue here at the Keller campus. Would you put your hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us. We're glad that you're joining us online or wherever you're joining us from. We started a few weeks ago, if you're new and jumping in, we started with this set of passages in the book of Psalms, large book there, middle of your Bible, a lot of rich scriptures that are encouraging to us, help us in our daily lives. We began to think about this word found in Psalm 34 at the beginning of it, this word magnify and how we can magnify God. And if we we have big problems, we can We can keep putting into our spirits and our soul and our mind and our perspective and our thoughts that we have a bigger God. And when God becomes bigger, we don't need to make him bigger. He's big all by himself. But when he becomes bigger in our purview, in our perspective, it changes how we approach our everyday life. So we've been talking about this area of magnifying God. Big problems, bigger God. Magnify just means to make bigger. So we've been looking at that together, and I'm going to unpack another section of Psalm 34 and and show you some things I think that will really meet you in in, in a very practical way this weekend. I also do want to celebrate Summer Splash because we had this week some some pretty big stuff happening here at the church. Come on, ladies. How many of y'all love Summer Splash? It was amazing. We had... Two overfull rooms here in Keller. We had Summer Splash at our campuses, over 4,000 women gathering, and it, it was amazing. And uh, really, what I love about it, it's not just all the activity that goes with it. And we started this years ago just to encourage you ladies and, and bring an atmosphere where you could come. And you know, you, the guys are watching the kids and of course, that's a disaster, but anyway, we're, uh, we're, we're just trying to create a safe environment for you to come and just experience God, and, and, and the greatest news about Summer Splash is almost 200 ladies received a gift for you card, made a decision, raised their hand at, at all of our campuses to receive Christ, and uh, one of the stories that I, I got to meet them in the parking lot was Debbie and her granddaughter, Kylie. Uh, it's people like this, those, those numbers, those people, those cards, they're all real people. And I, I got to meet Debbie. She's a grandmother. She'd been praying for her granddaughter. I think she's like 23, 24 years old, praying for her. Kylie had been driving her to church. She, she then brought her to Summer Splash. And how many of y'all are thankful for the moms and grandmas that prayed us all into the kingdom? Man. If your grandma starts praying, you might as well give up. That's all I got to say. But uh, she, she said to me that what, what was impactful about the message and the moment was that she felt like because of decisions she had made 
that she was unworthy and she wasn't capable of receiving the grace of God. Isn't that amazing how the enemy works to deceive us and blind us and lie to us and it's so common that it's in that specific area. No, 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 now you're, 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 you're too much on the outside. You're, you're, you're too far but she came and that was what the message was about and it, it, it impacted Kylie and she gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ at Summer Splash. And so we celebrate with her grandmother and her whole family that now she's received Christ. And so we'll see, you'll see a lot of these ladies getting baptized and it's such an exciting thing. So thank you for being a generous church that allows us the opportunity to minister to these ladies. Magnify is this concept of worship I, I wanna, if you're, you're new here and you're coming in, we decided 20 years ago we didn't wanna be an entertainment church but a, but a worship church, a, a place where we participate and we see ourselves as a part of what God's doing. And I love what the psalmist says, let us magnify, oh, oh magnify the Lord with me. So there's a, a personal side to it, but let us exalt his name together. There's a power there when you learn in your private time to magnify and exalt God. There's also a power when we exalt his name together. When we come together, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. There's something that happens in even that together expression of worship to God. And so we, we, we decided, look, we're gonna be, and I believe authentic worship actually draws people to Christ. I, I know that it can be, you know, sometimes religious people might take it a little bit in wrong directions or even miss the point, but I believe, as I even read in Psalms, when we sing to the Lord a new song, many will see and fear and put their trust in God. The Bible says if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto himself. So we, we said, well, when we come together, let, let's lift him up. Let's, let's, we honor people. We honor people. Why? Because Jesus honors people, but the highest honor we want to give is we want to honor God. We want to make sure he's pleased with when, when we come together. And so this magnify idea, we learned the first week that we all worship. We, we are made to worship. So we all worship something, and the question is, what are we magnifying? Last week, we took another verse in there that says, I will bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And we began to think about that word praise. That praise that requires participation. That praise, that word praise, we learned last week, it doesn't give allowances for observation. Huh. It requires participation. I will bless the Lord, which requires my participation to bless him at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, so it requires my participation to get to that praise place. I said last week to you, I relate to you. If you're kind of like, man, I don't know about all that, Pastor. I, you know, I, I, I know, because I grew up kind of that way. You know, it's kind of like, is God okay with this? Is this legal? I, I get it. If you're kind of on the outside going, man, I don't know about all that. And here's what I've learned, because I'm the same way. If you tell everybody, hey, let, let, let's, let's just bow our heads in reverence, everybody will participate. Yes, Lord, yes. Even an unbeliever will probably do it. They'll just be like, 
okay, the Lord. But if you say, hey, why don't we praise the Lord together? Let's shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. There'll be people going, uh, 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 uh. why don't y'all shout? Somebody else shout unto the Lord. There, it's harder for us to get to that external place of participatory praise. It's just harder for us. And yet, there's some clear benefits that come from it. I left you last week with, it says he inhabits the praises of his people. So, so when we begin to praise him, when we begin, begin to bless him, when we begin to exalt him, when we begin to get outside of our own selves and our tradition and our hangups, and we begin to say, hey, Lord, I wanna praise you. I wanna bless you. What happens is he, he comes. He comes in the room. He comes in your bedroom during your time with him. He comes in your car. He comes in your house. He's in the house when you praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. It's like this. I feel like a lot of people feel kind of on the outside. They feel kind of locked out of the house. It's like God's in their house and God may be at their house. I don't know if he's at my house. I don't know if he may be in their car, but I don't always know if he's in my car. I don't know, because we learned last week, he's everywhere, but he is distinctly by his manifest presence in certain places. He comes and inhabits the praises of his people. But so a lot of us feel like locked out of access. Kind of like when your parents in the summer used to lock you outside. Anybody remember those days? Kids today don't even go outside. We used to, man, at daylight, your parents would be like, go outside, lock the door. You'd be standing at the window. Can I come in? This ain't a barn. Stay outside. You'd be like foraging for stuff to eat out there. You'd be like going to your neighbor's house, drinking out of the water hose. Anybody remember drinking out of the water hose? We made it okay. We had to drink out of the water hose. Is like, the sink an option? No, the house isn't even an option. You stay outside. If you come inside, you gotta go to bed. Be like two o'clock in the afternoon, you're in bed. 14 years old, in bed. <laughs> Daylight. It's like, I'm on the outside, I'm on the outside. Can I come in the house? Can I come? God says, I come in the house. I give you access to the house. I inhabit the praises of my people. Sound, if you think about it, sound is a powerful thing. Praise requires sound, it requires participation. Not observation, participation. Sound in and of itself, think about this. Sound creates emotion. If you go to a movie theater and you're just sitting there and there's nothing on the screen, there's not a lot of emotion. But you have found yourself watching a movie and you're like getting tense. Nothing's even happened yet, but you're like, why am I, you check yourself, why am I scared right, why am I tense? The music did it to you. The music can be going and you don't even know how it's happening, but, but now your whole emotional self has changed from the sound. Have you ever thought about the sound you're making influences your disposition? When you are praising, remember what I said when I read, oh, magnify the Lord, let's exalt his name. I thought in today's world, we're better at, oh, magnify all the problems in the world with me. 
When you begin to magnify the problems, the sound that you're saying influences your disposition. When you begin to praise God, it changes your disposition. It changes everything going on. The Latin word for person, per means flow. It flows. Sun means sound. You may never thought about this, but you as a person, the very Latin meaning of person is there's a sound that flows out of you. It flows out of you by what you say. It flows out of you by what you focus on. It flows out of you by what you magnify. And it just flows out of you. There's certain people, when they come into an atmosphere, the atmosphere changes for the positive. There's certain people that it changes for the negative. What's flowing out of you? Be the person that when you show up, there's a sound of exaltation to God. It's not like you have to use spiritual words. It flows out of you. Sound waves can be amplified. They can be canceled out. That's the thing about it. We, we, can, we can change the sound. But the other one that I really like is neuroscience says that when you clap and you shout, you actually, in that very moment, it interrupts your thoughts. You're like, why are you talking to us about this? Well, I think that the more we can recognize, normalize, biblically understand praise, the more we'll lean into it. We are praisers. We are people of sound. It's only a question of that which we magnify and that which we begin to recognize, the sound that we make. Now, I, I'm even going deeper here for a minute. I'm usually more exhortive. I'll get there in a minute. We'll give you a few points, three points and a special. We're gonna give it to you today, all right? But I'm going even a little deeper in the teaching because remember, I'm learning in this series too because I'm here to tell you I've had to grow and learn and, and, and get more toward that praise thing. I'm a little more comfortable with that reverent thing than I am that praise thing, naturally by nature. I'm more linear by nature. I'm more empirical. We all, most of us are. We live in a Western culture. Western culture, there's a more reservation to it. It's harder for us. It's not natural to us. So I even went and looked up the Hebrew words for this different expressions of praise this week. I wanna teach you something for a minute. One of the Hebrew words for praise is tihalah, and it means a song of praise. It's what happened when the Israelites, you may or may not know the story, they were in Egypt in bondage and God sends Moses and let my people go. We've seen the movies. They go across, God parts the Red Sea, they get to the other side and this expression of tihalah comes out of them, this, this praise-filled response to getting to the other side. Halal is another expression of praise, which means to glorify, which means to shine. I started to preach to you this set of passages. I'm just showing you all the biblical evidence, all the biblical connection to this idea of praise. I started this weekend just to preach to you old school 2 Chronicles 20. It's a great one on praise. There's a couple of armies, battle ahead, danger ahead. You put in the blank whatever it is your danger, whatever it is your battle. Jehoshaphat says, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fast and pray. He calls a fast, he fasts, and then he sends out the praisers. And the praise begins to confuse the enemies and they win the battle. It's where you get this concept of the battle belongs to the Lord. It's where we get the word hallelujah. I know you guys, some people may think, man, is that just a word Christians made up? 
You know, is it just like I heard this person over there say, hallelujah. It can be a little weirdish. Some people say, well, what is it? Well, actually, it comes from this word, halal, which actually added with Yahweh, which is shortened because you can't say the full name of God. It's hallelujah. It really just means praise the Lord. That's what it means. Zamar is another one. It's to praise with strings, stringed instruments. It's where you get back to what we learned last week about Psalm 150, where all these instruments, God's like, yeah, bring those. Well, we'll use those. I know some people are like, should we have that one? Should we have that? First church I pastored, we tried, you used to get, you get fired for what we did earlier. We brought out a drum set. One lady said, I don't like it. I was like, why? She said, it's the devil beat. The devil beat. Interesting. Can we have that? Can we have this? God says, bring them. Bring them on. Let them all praise me. In fact, David, when he was with Saul, Saul had evil spirits tormenting him. He would play stringed instrument and the demonic spirits that were on Saul would be released. Zamar. It's repeated four times in Psalm 47. Praise, 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 praise. The next one, yada. It means hands. It's where you have this moment where there's this battle and Moses was standing looking over the battle and there's this fight and as long as he had his hands lifted, then they were winning the battle. Every time his hands dropped, the battle they began to lose. It's this famous Bible story where he had to have Aaron and Joshua lift up his hands because as soon as he got his hands up, they won the battle. It's a concept of praise. It's a picture of praise. I would admit everywhere, lift up holy hands and worship God. God's into it. He's okay with it. You're saying, do I have to, pastor? If you're asking, do I have to, you probably should. There's a breakthrough there. I know you can get prideful. I'm not doing it, even if the bishop says I ain't doing it. Good. You should. There's a breakthrough there. There's a humility there. God, I'll lift my hands before you. You're worthy of all my praise. There's breakthrough in it. Lord, there's nothing. David one time danced in his underwear. And they said, that's inappropriate. He said, I can get more undignified than this if you want me to. I'm talking Bible, not our Western perspective. I'm talking Bible. There's this moment there with hands. Moses lifted, ta-da, it's still used today in Hebrew, thank you. So there's part of praise that is a response of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you for what you've done. I present my thank offering to you. Barak, still used today, to bless, to bow, to kneel. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. I'm gonna bless. Have you ever thought you could bless the Lord? That's even hard for me to understand because he's completely sufficient. But have you ever even thought, man, what do I have to offer a God who's given me everything? The Bible says you can bless him. You can say thank you to him. You, you, can, you can say, Lord, I give you my offering of praise. I give it back to you. It's not like he's in heaven going, I need this. I, oh, well, thank you. No, but there's a blessing that you offer. So we see in all of these, I wanna get to my practical thing that I wanna help you with this weekend because we've learned about magnifying and making bigger and we've learned about praise as participatory. But when I was reading through all these, I noticed a common theme. Praise connected to battles. 
Praise connected to spiritual warfare. Praise connected to this reality that gets my soul more in line with this reality that's hard for us. We live in an empirical world. We live in a test tube world. We live in a natural world. We trust Google more than we trust anything. We trust the online medical report more than, we are looking for an expert. We're looking for something in the natural. And you know what's hard for us to understand today? You may have never even heard this. We came from a spiritual world. The spiritual world is more real than the natural world. You will return to a spiritual world, not a pragmatic world. So connecting to that outside of our pragmatism is hard sometimes, and that's why we struggle in battles. And so I noticed even in this, I kept getting drawn in Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. I, I wanna help you with, why do I want you to get praise? Praise helps you in your battles. It helps you in your battles. Can I confess something to you? I wish I praised with as much sincerity as much intensity when I wasn't in a battle as I do when I'm in a battle. I wish I did. I wish I just was, got to such a spiritual place that, that man, my, my praise was, was just there all the time when things are going good. But I'm here to confess to you. I've said it multiple times in multiple settings. A lot of people don't get praise, and my statement to them is, get enough problems and you'll learn about it. Get a little bit longer in your journey and learn the fact that you can't fight spiritual battles in the natural, and you'll learn at some point that you're a finite person and there's gonna be problems you can't fix, you'll begin to say, what's in that spiritual world that has power for my natural world? You will, you will. And I wish I was, but I will tell you this, I've seen in battles, whether it's health things with my wife or battles, look, the people, whether you're online right now, or you're at a campus or wherever you're at, let me, let me tell you something I know from my vantage point as a pastor. There's people sitting very near you. You could probably touch them that are going through major battles right now. They're going through major challenges. They're going through burdens and kids and health and things. You could just read my text thread from this week and I could show you seven major battles that people are fighting, major. Oh, we come to church, well, praise the Lord. We sit down, when's the ball guy gonna talk? This is amazing. That was a good song, where are we gonna eat? And we walk right out, and did you know that person that's sitting there? They put that smile on their face. Because inside, they're burdened about something. What I learned through this is I've learned along the way to praise and I'm always thinking, look, it's great. We'll pray for your prayer requests. We will. That's what we love doing it. We're honored to do it. We pray over them during the week in our staff meetings and we have pastoral care and we have people and, and we'll stand with you and, and, and I'm gonna pray for you and we do prayer, we do fasting and prayer and, and we put your prayer requests on the screen. But you know what I'm really passionate about? You learning how to fight your own battles with the Lord. 
You learning, hey, I don't have to wait to get to the church house or get some special person who has access to the house to get me in the presence of the Lord. I know how to go there myself. I know how to go there. I know how to respond when I have my next battle. Because the battle is either there or it's coming. My dad, he... I had eight more years with him before he passed away, but eight years previous to that, he had a surgery that went bad and almost passed away. He was in ICU for six months. My brother-in-law came to me and said, hey, we need a word from the Lord because ultimately we win anyway. Whether he goes to be with Jesus or he's here, we need a word. What what are we gonna do? Pastor, brother-in-law, my family, we began to pray, we began to seek the Lord. I, I went one day at the very apex moment of it could have went either way and one day read scripture and praised God and prayed over him for an entire day. I'm not saying it was my prayers, but I am saying the atmosphere of praise, something shifted in the spirit. There was a supernatural medical miracle and he began the process of recovery after that moment. I wish I had that praise without the battle, but that battle drew me into a greater level of praise. It will for you too. You say, what are we talking about here in this realm? Well, again, I saw all these battles in all these Hebrew words. Number one, how does praise help you in the battle? Praise strengthens you before your battle. This is why it's so important to be praising and personally spending time with God and fill in your tank. And why do we keep talking to you about you learning to read your Bible and you learning how to praise God and be with God? And I would just encourage some of you, you need to change your playlist. You need to change your inputs. You need to change the things coming into you. I dare you just for one week to not listen to all of the political pundits, not listen to all this, what we call news now, not even listen to some of the stuff you want. One week, began to put in your eye gates and your ear gates and the inputs, began to put the things about God that magnify him and tell me what your disposition is like after one week. I mean, if you're in intense battle, it it requires intense measures. And and I'm saying to you, you you don't just when you get to the battle, you don't just all of a sudden start looking around for weapons. It's like those of you in in our church, and we have some staff members do these endurance trainings. Hazlitt Campus, shout out. Pastor Ron does these endurance things. Maybe he'll wear his bike bike shorts for you or something at your campus. (laughs) But when you do that, a lot of people think it's what you eat the night before the race. So everybody's like, man, we're going to have big pasta, big, big spaghetti before the race. Before the devil stole spaghetti too, but... The other night we were eating, I'm like, what is this? She's like, it's zoodles. Zoodles? Zucchini noodles. Guys, we have got to stand against this, okay, together. We are going to have to get a united front. Zucchini took over pasta. The devil stole pizza crust with cauliflower. He stole pasta too? That's a different message. It's not the noodles or zoodles that you eat the night before the race. It's your nutrition six months before you run. You're coming into that race 
with the nutrition and the strength over a long period of time that your body has absorbed, and it's the same way with spiritual battles. It's what you're doing now. I tell people all the time, you're building your relationships today for your storms of tomorrow. You're building your relationship with God today. You're building the strength of fortitude in your praise. When you're praising him, you're filling yourself with spiritual nutrition and connection to God and magnifying him so that when you get to the battle, it's second nature. It's second nature, that's where I'm going, that's where I'm going. Number two, praise sustains you in the battle. Somebody here that's in a battle, let me just tell you what'll sustain you is praise. I love it, Jehoshaphat, he prays before the battle. Wait before it, and then the praise in the battle won the victory. And this is why it's so important, and I will tell you this, songs of worship that are connected to scripture, and you sing those, they'll, they'll come up in you. We have some of our young people that are with us this summer. One of the leaders that was working with them, they had a moment of worship, and they were singing scripture to God. We work really hard to get these young people in their Bibles. And I'm telling you, parents, young parents in here, create ways, talk about it, get ways. And I'm gonna tell you, I grew up old school. Somehow we lost this a little bit. It's like, well, you know, quiet time, that's legalistic, just do it when you can. No, no, we need to get legalistic. We need to get, I don't like that, don't email me. I'm just saying. I'm talking about, it's not about, I hear people all the time, well, I just gotta, you know, I just gotta get back in the word. I gotta get, look, you can't get out of the word. You can't, you can't make it. You can't make it. The, the lack of biblical strength that's there is because we've lost some of the disciplines and the forms and some stuff. You need to make it a routine in your life to get that word. Because I'm going to tell you, I love songs of praise. This, this, this young person came back and said, I, I had this thing, I had this situation, and, and those, those scriptures we were singing, they, they came back up in me. And we were like, yes. Yes, that's what we're talking about. The word doesn't return void. It'll come back up in you. But I've learned this, that even songs of praise, praying in the spirit, whatever it is, there's still no replacing the confession out loud of God's word in a battle. I wanna talk to somebody right now. I don't know where you're at in a battle. You need to get a scripture that aligns with God's magnified perspective over your situation. I have one on the dash of my car right now. I always have one on the dash of my car because guess what? I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of battles. I got a lot of situations and I got one right now. Just put it up four or five days ago and I'm gonna confess that scripture right there. Every time I get in my car, I'm using the sword of the spirit, the weapon of my warfare that tears down strongholds and changes my mind, the power of that word every single day. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm gonna confess that word. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken participation, sound. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. It sustains you in the battle. I know you've Googled it. I know you've asked for experts. I know you've called everybody you know to tell them about it. But have you accessed the weapons God gave you available to you 
for the battle. Because that word will change the atmosphere of your perspective. The third thing is praise stays with us after the battle. By the way, it's the forever activity. There is in heaven right now, Jesus Christ who has not removed himself from his throne. He is exalted high and lifted up. He's won the victory. He's the spotless lamb of God who's paid the price for you and I to have access to a God that we offended by our lifestyles and our decisions. He's made the way, not a way, not different ways. He is the way. He sits enthroned in the heavens with elders and angels gathered around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. It's the forever activity. And you take about, Pastor, you know, I need to get my soul more connected to the spiritual world and the spiritual strength. And every time you get that perspective of eternity, there's a praise that comes out of you because of the victory. I know some people think, are these people that are praising, are they begging God? That's a natural thought. Like, or is this where a lot of codependent people who have psychological issues gather to be like, Lord, help us? Kind of, but anyway. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not praising for something from Jesus. We're praising from a place of victory. Because of what Jesus has done, we win for all eternity, period, period. And it's just final, end of story. We're praising from it. We're praising from the perspective of heaven. We're, we're praising him for what he has done. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you a story that I thought of. Let's go back to the Red Sea, Tihalah. Well, let's think about it for a minute and how it's, 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 it's something that comes out of your response when you really have a revelation of what you've been delivered from. So you see, no one's excited about a savior when they think they are their own savior. No one's excited about getting rescued if they think they were just kind of in trouble but they weren't drowning. No, 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 what happened in that Red Sea story which gives pictures in the New Testament of even our conversion is, let me go back, they, they were slaves in Egypt. Your, your daddy was a slave, your, your granddad was a slave, your great-granddad was a slave under a terrible taskmaster, Pharaoh. You're living a challenging at best, but a, a horrific existence in Egypt. God raises up a deliverer in Moses. He goes, let my people go. They go out of Egypt. After all these miracles of God, there's no Atlas moving vans. They got all their stuff out through the desert. They look back and here comes their enemy coming to kill them. Put yourself in the story. We finally got free. Now we're gonna die. Scared to death. And what happens? God parts this sea. They go over on dry land and they look behind them and their enemies are engulfed by the sea. And when they got to the other side of that dirt, they didn't say, interesting. I'll give it a seven. They came across that place, I don't even know what, Tihala, I don't even know, I just learned the word this week. They something happened, but I'm gonna tell you this, it wasn't casual. They fell on their face, thank you, Lord, thank you for saving me. 
When you know what you've been delivered, by the way, don't ever get critical of somebody's praise. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what God's delivered them from. They may be Tehillah. Oh man, my whole family's been slain. My whole family's in sin. My whole family's in bondage. And now I've made it to the other side and I'm free. And you killed my enemies. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So we praise them forever after the battle. I began to think, I want to invite Betsy to come. I want to end the service for just a minute of us connecting to that heavenly perspective. I want you to stand on your feet with me for just a moment. Every campus, online. I started thinking about a few songs. I started thinking a little bit about maybe we struggle too with praise because we don't have the revelation of the victory that's been purchased and we don't always think about the eternal perspective because we're so trapped in a natural perspective. And I, I grew up in a church, we, we talk about heaven all the time. You know, I think we maybe got a little bit too far, you know, in the sweet by and by, and we lost that Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundant. Maybe we got a little too trapped in the eternal perspective, maybe, I don't know. But I know in today's generation, if I could just share with you as a pastor, I, I'm burdened a bit by Everything most of us have learned recently is all about five ways to have a better body by God today or every day's a Friday or this or that or whatever it is that we talk about. Everything's six pragmatic things. I wanna help somebody right now. You don't have power in pain if you don't realize this is an eternal thing. It's eternal. He's purchased the victory. He's on his throne. This song, Holy Forever, a thousand generations. We just started singing it. Falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. All who've gone before us. We think about those great cloud of witnesses, not just the elders and the angels. Think about your grandma and think about maybe your dad or maybe somebody really close to you gathered around the throne of God. We sing the song of ages to the Lamb. All who've gone before us, all who will believe, will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. We were singing that in staff meeting a few weeks back and my daughter texted me. She said, Dad, as we were singing that song, I thought about Grandpa, I thought about you, I thought about my kids, I thought about my kids' kids and us gathered around the throne singing the song of ages to the Lamb. I was like, Whoa, nothing like a perspective that'll shake you a little bit out of your natural perspective. I thought about that song, 10,000 Reasons. We, we, we sang that for a while. It's, it's, it's kind of gone out of style. But on that day when my strength is failing, when the end draws near and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending 10,000 years and then forevermore. That old hymn, Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Betsy, I want you to sing, and I want us just for a moment just to, to just, I know you've got battles. 
I know you got burdens. I know you got things you're praying about. If you don't, store up some zoodles for the one that's coming. But a lot of you do. A lot of you got a burden. And let's just, let's just let our praise for a minute put us out of this pragmatic world where we can door dash everything and We've got all the pragmatic things to fix our lives where we could easily think that we are God. And let's get our eyes on that heavenly perspective for a minute. Let it fill our souls. Let, it, let us bless him. Lead us, Betsy. thank you today, Lord, that you are exalted, you are high and lifted up. We choose this day, Lord, to magnify your name. Let us exalt your name together. Lord, we bless your holy name. We let your praise be on our lips. We let it be in our mouths. We let it be in our hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, right now for maybe one person, maybe they're listening online that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that even in this moment, Lord, as we lift you up, you're drawing them to yourself. If you're listening to me right now, you're like, I'm not right with God. You can just simply say, Jesus, take my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. 
If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Come to 101, come forward at the end of the service, grab one of the pastors or leaders after the service. We wanna help you in your journey. But second of all, Lord, I pray right now for someone in a battle, not before the battle and not after the battle, but in the battle. And Lord, we thank you today that the battle belongs to you. We thank you, Lord, today that you reign supreme and victorious and every victory is yours. And Lord, I pray right now for strength. Lord, we believe, therefore we speak, that Lord, you have all the grace. Your grace is sufficient for us in our weakness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have, that you're the source of that strength. You're the source of that grace. You're the source of our perspective being exalted and lifted up because of who you are. So I pray, Lord, they leave today with encouragement and strength and, and joy that's beyond the circumstance, but joy that's based in your character and not our circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.